Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Gracious God, as you gather us here today, may your words touch our heart so that we can share your love with the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Gun control. Abortion. Donald Trump. Joe Biden. Vaccine mandates. The Ukraine. The Russian ice skater. Black Lives Matter. Antifa. The, the Iranian Palestinian, uh, the Israeli Palestinian debate. All of these are horrible ways to start a sermon, right? I mean, first of all, just mentioning the words already divides people, doesn't it? Because in most of these issues, we have very strong opinions for one, for, or against. And in some places, it might be safe to speak of these things. If you're in an AME church, chances are you could speak about Black Lives Matter with no objections. If you're in California, you could preach a fine anti-Donald Trump sermon and nobody's going to complain. In a Catholic church, you can oppose abortion. People expect it. But around here, if you preach that, there's a special name for pastors like that. They're called former pastors. <laughs> because there's some things that, that it's just difficult to talk about. Because, like I said, it divides us. And if I start a sermon off like that, for one, it's going to make people mad. For two, they're not going to hear the message that really needs to be said. And for three, they may run me out of here on the rail, right? If they stick around to hear the rest of it. I say all these things to you this morning because the reality is, I think I would rather talk about any of those things than preach on today's gospel lesson. I mean, look, there's even other things, you know, let's put it this way. I have a choice whether or not I'm going to talk about politics or, or world matters. But then the Bible likes to throw stuff at us and say, see what you can do with that one. I mean, there are certain topics that I would just rather not discuss. Oh, let me tell you how much I love it when the divorce text comes up every three years. That's just great, isn't it? Because you're dealing with something that really only impacts a minority of the congregation and you're going to feel like you're stepping on their toes. That ain't cool. Or everybody's favorite, I think I'd rather talk about money than what we got to talk about today. I would rather preach about money every single week of the year than to talk about this text. Because this text is crazy. It's sheer insanity that, that we would be expected to live the way Jesus is telling us today. That we would be expected to do what Jesus is saying. Listen again to what it says here in Luke's, in Luke's text. Jesus is saying to his disciples, he says, but I say to you, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And if anyone takes away your coat, 
Do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, don't ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, on the surface, we have no problem with this, do we? I mean, it's not even unexpected. We've kind of heard this stuff before. Oh, you're supposed to give. You're supposed to love your enemies. We're okay with that until we're talking actually doing it, right? Let me reword for you and tell you exactly what this says. Love the people that can't stand you and treat you like junk. Do good to those people who absolutely despise you and do horrible things to you. Bless those who say bad things about you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anybody gives you a black eye, give them the other eye just so you can have a matching pair. If somebody comes to your house and steals all your jewelry, chase them down the street and give them your TV too. And then if anybody is on the side of the road begging, roll down your window, give them your money every time you see one of these people. And oh, if, if you lend somebody something and they don't give it back, don't ask for them. You just let them keep that lawnmower and do to others as you would have them do to you. Really? Is that really what Jesus is telling us? Because see, it takes on a whole new meaning and then it gets real, right? I mean, think about it. Do we really want to love our enemies? These are people that do horrible things to us. They drag our names through the mud. They have done despicable, unforgivable things. I mean, we're not talking about your kid that forgot to do her chores or, or your spouse that forgot Valentine's Day this week or, or your spouse that didn't take out the trash last night. We're talking about horrible things, unforgivable things. Things that no one should have to deal with from anybody. We're supposed to love those people? We're supposed to pray for those people? We're supposed to bless those people? Even though they're not doing that for us. We're supposed to treat them exactly the opposite way of how we're being treated. Does that even make sense? Is that even worthy of us following? Because to me, that's when Jesus has totally lost it. He might as well have gotten up and started talking about politics at that point. Because if we take his words seriously, we should be running out the door. Because anybody who has dealt with any kind of pain in their life that's been inflicted by another person, they ain't hearing this. They don't want anything to do with this. I mean, of course, what we typically do in our minds is we start, you know, excusing it, you know, sort of making it not as bad. Well, you know, I, I, you know, I do a pretty good job of forgiving people. You know, it's no problem. You know, that guy that cut me off in traffic the other day, I only gave him one finger. I didn't give him all ten. <laughs> you know, um, and, and, you know, if, if my wife burnt dinner, it's okay. Well, I, I took her out to eat. You know, stuff like that. Or it's, well, you know, I'm sure that Jesus meant to forgive those people, but he wasn't talking about that. He wasn't talking about people who have done those kinds of things. Just the little white things, right? The little white lies. Not the big ones. 
But then, but he does go on to say here, he says, um, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even non-believers do that. If you do good to those who do good for you, what credit is that to you? He says sinners, but what, what's implied here is even non-believers do that. If you, tend, if you lend to those with whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even non-believers give to other non-believers to receive much more again. I mean, it's one thing to love the people that love you. Everybody does that. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to be different. We're called to do things that society would deem to be absolutely insane. We're supposed to love our enemies. Love the people who have done the worst things imaginable to us. That's who we're called to love. That's who we're called to forgive. That's who we're called to pray for. How do we do that? How can we possibly just let that go? We can't. The truth is, we, some, some anger is so deeply seated inside of us, we can't let it go. So the first thing we have to do is we have to pray. It says pray for those who, who hurt you. Pray for those people. And when I say pray for them, do not pray that they get hit by a Mack truck. That's not the kind of prayer I'm talking about. Pray for them. Pray for their well-being. Even if you don't mean it, pray for them. Because eventually, you will mean it. Because the other step is you kind of have to lie to yourself during this process. You have to lie and say to yourself and say, I forgive him. I forgive him. I forgive him. I love him. I forgive him. Even if you don't mean it. Because as you say these things out loud, eventually you will start to believe it. But at the end of the day, folks, we don't have the power to forgive alone. That's why we have to pray. We don't have the ability to let go of some of the anger and angst that we're dealing with. Only God can let us do that. And you see, that's why we can forgive. Because the worst thing someone can do to you is nothing compared to what we all do to God each and every day of our lives. The way we act like we don't know Him. The way we turn our backs on Him. The, the, the way that we refuse to forgive even though we've been forgiven so much more. That God has forgiven you and that is why we can forgive. Because we know what it's like to be guilty and forgiven anyway. But there's another reason to forgive. It's because it's not for that other person. It's for you. I mean, when you live your life in anger and hatred and mistrust, when it just eats away at you, it's not affecting that other person. They're not the ones sleeping up late at night worrying and seething about this. It's you. So when we forgive, we let go of that. We release it. And we enable ourselves to be able to love again. See, forgiveness is important. Not just for relationship's sake, but for our own sake. For our heart's sake. We love because we're loved. We forgive because we're forgiven. That's why we're able to love our enemies. 
and do good for those who do bad things to us. We follow one who has done everything to the ones who put him to death. You see, my friends, you and I are called to forgive. Not so that we'll be forgiven. We forgive because we are forgiven. Amen.